Hello and welcome to Built's third Humans of uh, Humans of uh, University of Bristol podcast with our spotlight on voicing vulnerability. Today I'm so lucky to have our undergraduate education officer, Hilary Jebiabibio. Yeah. <laughs> How I'm, are you, dear? I'm good. I've had quite a day. Quite the um, day. But I've been good. I feel I feel good to be on the podcast. It's something that is. Answering emails, yeah. yeah. No more emails, just me, you, conversation, <laughs> real talk. In a room that might get slightly hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Hilary, the podcast today, we kind of want to focus on your experiences of uni and like where you. So, let's start with were you always planning to go to university? Was it since there? Yeah, so, um, my, so both of my parents um, moved here moved here from Ghana Mm -hmm. Um, and so a big a big big thing in my family's education they're really really keen on making sure that we're all educated to a level in which we can thrive Um, so my mum's plan was always to get us all into university and and make sure that we do well for ourselves and a lot better than what like she and some of her siblings had the opportunity to do Um, and so I always knew that I wanted to go to university and it sort of felt like it was a natural thing because my two elder siblings went to university before me so it felt like the natural process of life I guess mm-hmm. that's good that's good to know <laughs> like some people it's not always a straight path and yeah. like, I guess you you're, you're representing also the students in widening participation who it's not always yeah. obvious and they there were some people have to kind of adjust to this kind of new atmosphere, yeah. n- new kind of language that people speak in academia. I completely agree. I remember when I first came to university and we had one of our first lectures and the lecturer was using all of these words and I did not, I did not, he could have been speaking a different language. I had no idea what he was saying. And I just sat there like nodding like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, no, I understand what he's saying. And I had not like literally no clue what he was saying. Um, and it's weird being in that environment because you're never you're never really used to somebody speaking in such a way that you can't even like decipher what they're saying is literally just like alien to you. Um, and because I've come from a winding participation background, especially because I've come from London where we have like lots of little colloquialisms. Yeah, I said the same about Manchester. Yeah. It's like new language down here, honestly. Honestly, <laughs> like the first thing I thought was like everybody's speaking such proper English. Like what's going on? God, honestly, yeah. and then secondly, it was like. All the colloquialisms that I'm used to and I thought were transferable because I could say it to anybody aren't anymore. And so it's like I have to learn a new yeah. language. Um, so that was an interesting sort of like... Yeah. I mean, you were social policy, that's right. I yeah. was, yes. And did you find that it was quite a community kind of cohort or do you, were you kind of separated from that kind of dynamic? Um, it was interesting because we were... I think my year was a cohort of... I want to say 90 years, but I could, I could be wrong... Um, but we filled one of like the medium-sized lecture theatres, okay, so yeah. maybe around 90 students. Um, and there were like little pockets of communities, um, and then there were like times where you would be on your own. Um, I I had like bits and pieces where I had like friends and people mm-hmm. that I knew like from lectures and stuff. So it wasn't too segmented, but I there were some times where I felt particularly like by myself, but not as a result of the cohort but mm-hmm. just other influences and trying to balance well, it's a big institution isn't it Bristol yeah, it's it's massive. M- yeah large uni kind of 
you know, you, you can have a group of friends and then maybe not see them for the whole week because yeah. you're all doing various different things. And also, like, studying is quite, you know, exactly. solitary yeah. activity. And I think what, what it was for me, so most of my friends that I made at university were medics. And the medic community, I think, is unlike any other student community at this university. Literally, they have placements together they go on social activities together they they have the same labs mm. or whatever it is and so they're sort of always in that environment together mm. whereas like subjects like humanities or social mm. sciences it's very much like you go to a lecture together and then afterwards you all kind of scatter uh, apart which is interesting especially in these like large lecture halls as well yeah. where you're like queuing up and then you might not know anyone and then yeah. you just like go out on your own and it's like well i can't even like reflect on what i've learned yeah. with anyone which is sometimes a shame and i think it's something to think about when they're considering temple quarter plans and yes. like how they want to set up these kind of seminar learning spaces because i've seen what goes on in the innovation department in the mm. SU and it's all kind of group work tables. Yeah. So you can just literally like, I feel like these smaller environments, it's just so much easier to like have a chat, you yeah. know, like, I mean, I know you're in the educational setting, <laughs> but like, you know, have a chat about what you're learning and feel like, yeah, we agree on that. Or we don't agree on that, yeah. but like, I get where you're coming from. I, yeah, I agree completely. So when I was even running for this role, that was a big, big thing for me mm. to make sure that like I pushed the university that we encourage more collaborative learning because I don't think that independent working style works for everybody. And especially like, so for me, being in social policy, often you have to wrestle with a lot of concepts. And I think generally being in university, you wrestle with a lot of differences because you meet lots of different people from different backgrounds with different experiences. And I think it's a healthy thing to wrestle with that and find a way to sort of like learn in in a way that causes you to, to be uncomfortable a little bit. Um, and I think when we rely in institutions like this, especially on people doing independent work and going off to do their stuff, you negate the, the essence of what collaborative learning can produce in students. It makes you think critically, yeah. it makes you learn more, it makes you process information better. Also um, like the workplace is yeah. a collaborative space, so you can't yeah. really ignore. And we've come from collaborative spaces, we come from families, from yeah. like, ho like schools which are very, you know everyone for so long, to then kind of put you in a position where you're you're basically navigating a large yeah. institution in New City, not essentially on your own, because the SU does so much work to kind of make sure welcome week, you can build friends, but there needs to be a continued kind of um, initiative in the curriculum I that agree. helps have collaborate. Yeah, help move you on that, for sure. Especially when you're looking at things like well-being. I yeah. don't, like, I, I remember, so at the start of the year, we have to give like welcome speeches to all the new students and be like aspirational people. Um, and I remember writing my speech and I, before I came to university, the big, big thing they, em 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 they emphasised was, oh, you're going to be very independent. Like, you can't just expect people to... Like, you can't just expect your lecturers to help you or whatever. You have to sort of find your own way. Um, and the big thing that I had to emphasise and I felt compelled to em emphasise was that you're independent at university, yes, but you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to make sure that that's something that is added into the core of what university is, that it's an academic experience, but it's an academic experience within an academic community. Mm -hmm. And we need to really reinforce the community sense yeah. again. And our peers are our kind of teachers as well. Like, yeah. you know, I, a lot of my degrees, philosophy, you, if you don't sit and have a chat and discuss kind of your ideas, you're gonna be probably getting nowhere with yeah. your philosophizing, whatever. That's but true. I think there's so many, there's so much to be said, like for friendship. And mm -hmm. how important that is. Like I've heard before is that I 
I wouldn't, I actually would not know what was going on in terms of admin and where I was at if I did not have a group chat with yeah. people from my course who I had personable relationships with who I could say like, look, I really don't know what's going on here. I've kind of missed some emails. I've got a bit lost in yeah. kind of the digital. Uh, digital things are not my forte. I'm still learning. <laughs> and I'm like scrolling through emails like, I've missed something. I need to write yeah. that down on paper because I, I love paper. Yeah, so but, many emails, don't yeah. you? Gosh. And, and what you said earlier actually about university being a weird thing is that like you come from such collaborative environments. So mm-hmm. I don't know if at school you had like form classes or yeah. like, yeah, like at school, every, like you would know that at the start of the day and at the end of the day, you'll see the same exact people. And those are the people that you'll probably have some classes mixed up with them, that you probably have some like mixed interest or, or something that you have to do with them. And it's when you come to university and that sense of togetherness, sort mm-hmm. of like the structures just sort of disappear. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to find your way to naturally come into those spaces, especially in your academic cohort. Um, and it's something that I think I think really needs to come back. Like I miss that sense of being able to a sense of belonging people, is so yeah. instrumental for good levels of well being as well. Like I agree. when you feel I mean You've also so you widening participation and I was at the Pan African Festival. I thought what so amazing word that was. I was oh like, gosh. what a vibe, you know. It was amazing. I was sitting next to Hugh Brady screaming and I was like, I forgot he's a vice chancellor, I'm having too much fun. <laughs> I was just seeing everyone, I was like, this is so important. Can you yeah. tell me what like because t- you you must have had so much input into yes. the festival. So to to be honest, the first thing I have to say is yeah. props to the BME chair, the, uh, that whole planning team, because they were mainly like the arbiters. I was just there to, you know, just help it look pretty or, yeah. you know, like do all of those things that don't mean I've done much, but I've inputted. Um, but it was, I, I think what was so special about it is that it brought so many cultures together mm-hmm. in a way that anybody from any culture could come and experience it in its fullness. Yeah. Um, and it really excited me to be able to see like, oh my gosh, that's that person's country and that's my country, that where I'm from and that and here's different foods and different experiences. Great and, food as well. Oh my gosh, the food was so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, I was trying not to get that token run out because I was like, I need to get all the food yeah. today. Um, but being able to be in an environment where like everybody can feel like they can experience it that's what I really really loved about it I know that like people like Omar who's the chair and Grace who's somebody from our events team and people like the ACS ESOC really came together to make it the most full and authentic experience it it was vibrant and it felt alive like everyone was alive and energized and you could see that community atmosphere and I was like there there is so much space for more of that to happen yeah. in this university. And I think we should be reaching out to the kind of like people from winding participation backgrounds yeah. to have certain events where, where they can get together. And I know that there's the 99% yeah. society, not 99. 93%. 93%, 93% yes. thank you for holding me to that. I'll edit that bell. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, sense of belonging and community mm-hmm. in quite a big, in, where we've got getting more and more students at this university. Yeah. And it's, becomes more more difficult and more challenging to have these networks and I know the SU is working so hard to have networks yeah. we, we have to reach out across a large city as well yeah. and to people who are commuting sometimes to university so it's something definitely for the machine of the university to think about and definitely with the direction of policy but yeah yeah I, I, I think it, it's really really interesting seeing how our student population is changing I've I've met people that have that have been at the university um, and have graduated and they've, they've left but they're still in contact with the university 
and they say they come to the university and the demographic is completely different from what yeah. they experienced when they were first here. And I think that it, it's, it's like loads of reasons, but like internationalization, we're seeing so many international students, mm-hmm. which is so great because they're yeah. such interesting people. Yeah, um, and the Global Lounge has just been set up yeah. to create, you know, community spaces yeah. for those kind of, yeah, they had the Day of the Dead as well. So good. It's like, so good. They are, there are things that are working really well. Yeah. And I think, carry that into the curriculum and having like things like reading groups working groups yeah. kind of more gr- group i don't know how much group work opportunities you had in social policy but i know in arts and humanities it's pretty slim yeah comparatively to maybe some of the more uh scientific subjects yeah or uh, vocational yeah, subjects yeah. yeah i wish i wish we had lots more group work so we did have times where we did group work i think we had a moderate amount of group work but it wasn't as much as like say my medic friends mm-hmm. who make sense yeah. for them to have lots of group work Sorry, we get, keep hearing weird noises in this room, it's weird. I think it's sometimes vibrations, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, like, I think, uh, where was I? Where's my mind? Uh, group work. Group work, yes. Um, I, I think it would be so nice to have more group work because you learn so much outside of the academic perspective, so much outside of your own experience, and it really opens your mind. So, like, stuff, stuff that I'm working on, like decolonizing the curriculum, it's so important that you, you mix people up like that because then that wider perspective that is so essential to the university experience and mm-hmm. the like the only place you really get to have that sort of exposure is at university mm-hmm. um is like is able to be nurtured and, yeah. and also like there's so much to be said for friendship and well-being yeah. and you i know i met i got closer to so many people on my course and in my cohort by doing group work with them yeah because they're like, wow, that was a really, yeah, we just had a chat after, you know, this presentation we just did, or we had to work together. And when you work together and you produce something, you're like, yeah, you know, respect. Yeah. yeah. And I think it gives you a good sense of bonding. Like, you, like when you work in a group together, you go through the struggles together, you go through the, mm-hmm. the ups and the downs together. And then at the end, when you see that you've produced something all together, there's, there's a feeling that you don't really get when you do work by yourself. Like, I remember writing essays, finishing it, and being like, okay, now I can sleep and, like, forget about it. But when you do group work, you remember it. You remember the work you put in. You remember the result. You remember the people, um, which is really nice. It's really, really nice. So, Hilary, tell me, I guess, you know, the whole of your experience at University of Bristol can't have been complete, you know, successes and up and up and up, straight line. There must have been times where you're like, is this this working well for me? I certainly had many. (laughs) Yeah, um, I don't... So... There were lots of times where I felt very much like I was out of my depth. There were so many times where I felt out of my depth. Sometimes I would, so I, I remember I always used to feel this feeling at the start of a new teaching block when you have fresh new units, fresh like lecturers or whoever. And I remember going into some lectures and feeling like, oh, I've got my Wilco stationery, like I've got it, I can be ready. And the, and the discussions open and I feel like everything I, I'm thinking, if I say it, I would sound so stupid. Mm-hmm. Literally, like I, I felt like I didn't have the language to articulate it in the way that, you know, would be socially acceptable in the spaces. I, I, I felt like if I explained myself, nobody would get my explanation and I wouldn't make sense. Um, and, and it generally felt that when I wanted to talk about my experiences, nobody else had a similar experience to me. So I was so worried that like, oh, I'm gonna say like, oh, this was my experience and everyone would be like, oh, that's that can't be a thing okay. or nobody will relate to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which was really, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly cool. had that. Like, my first first year of seminars, I, I kind of felt like I was making points from kind of a lived experience perspective on kind of, you know, kind of working class areas in the north and mm-hmm. what I'd seen and what I'd interacted with. And unfortunately, there was just no one who kind of was bouncing back off that and being like, yeah. yeah. They were kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. And, you know, that can be... I mean, that is just part of being in a diverse place of university. You're going to meet people from different cultures and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But also... I don't know, maybe the questions that are being asked, the way that seminars are being structured could maybe facilitate more opportunities for kind of group work where you feel comfortable or you can build relationships. It is a tricky one there. It can can get very isolating because often, often being somebody that is very vocal, I talk a lot Mm -hmm. and I I feel very open in being able to talk about my background. It's not Mm -hmm. a background I'm ashamed of. Like I'm I'm, I'm from a widely participation background, whatever that means. I'm also from a black background, from a background with two parents that were not born in this country. Mm -hmm. And so often I know that I'm going to have experiences that are different from people. But I think the difference difference that made it really like isolated in some instances was the fact that like I would go into the room and I would just feel like I was, it, it's almost like that feeling of like, I don't know, sometimes you see people have nightmares about like being like naked in a room and everyone's looking at them or whatever. That's what it felt like for me. Like, I feel like a, a, a what's the word? Um, the word for something that like everybody like observes. I, don't, I can't find the word. Being scrutinized? Yeah, like, like I felt like a specimen in a lab yeah. almost. Oh, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody's looking and examining yeah. because it's the weird thing that nobody has ever like really discovered before. Yeah. And I think that adds on to the weird experience of university being um, like you meet so many people who may have never encountered anyone like you before, which mm. is so weird for me because yeah. I grew up in London. London's yeah. a very diverse place yeah. full of people from like really, really different backgrounds. And so you feel like you've kind of seen it all. And then you meet people from different parts of the world or Mm -hmm. the country that have never like encountered, say a black person before, Mm -hmm. or they've come from a community where everyone's sort of the same social class as them. I had heard a comment, uh, oh, I didn't think the working class existed anymore. I was like, I had to like recede back into my seat. Like, I'm gonna gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot to, I mean, I hope that we represent people that others can learn from yeah. in these seminar settings and in like our interactions. But it's certainly something that needs to be thought about by the university when they're thinking about well-being and how yeah. to mitigate issues is that some people feel like isolated, like, yeah. you know, kind of uh, taken away from their community and then thrown into somewhere where no one understands them. Yeah. And we have to try and find a way where we kind of cultivating understanding and I hope things like these podcasts can cultivate a bit more understanding between people because Mm -hmm. we're trying to get more empathy and promote vulnerability because so many people are like having experiences thinking the same thing but not talking about it exactly exactly I agree yeah and then then there's kind of those pressures on counseling services and it's like it shouldn't have to get to that extreme point for some people it really is that that point that direction needs to be taken towards counseling but sometimes it's just a friend or sometimes a nice comment by a staff member to say like thank you so much for your contribution today you know it takes so little effort to show a sign of like emotional availability I guess I agree and there's so much power in community I think we lose that a little bit when you go you go to university because you're expected to be an adult and like Mm -hmm. do all of these adult things but community is so important I think especially like 
coming from a family setting, a school setting where you have that collective identity, mm-hmm. I think sometimes universities lose that for lots of different reasons. So I think there's pockets of collective identity, but it's not spread across the whole institution. Like mm-hmm. in, in the a university way. is perhaps too big to be a catch-all yeah. of all these identities where you feel like you could be in solidarity with everyone of this university. I agree. So it's tricky because, you know, you want to be like, oh, I love my university, it's teaching me so much, but also there are some people in this university that I taught at and I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you can't, I'm not a hater. I'm just, I'm still learning how to be tolerant. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think think that's important as well. I think it's weird because academic spaces, I've heard from lots of people and I've sort of experienced it, are largely becoming spaces that are losing the tolerant element that it really needs. I think I think people should be able to speak about things that are difficult to speak about. But mm-hmm. I think what the what the important factor is is that you're not speaking about it to try and like a convince somebody else that your truth is their truth, mm-hmm. and you're not speaking about it to to try and school somebody on something that you yeah. think you know all about. I think it should be spaces where your mind can be opened yeah, and challenged. Course. And and I think it's always I always enjoy conversations with people that are always willing to unlearn something they they already they thought to be true if that makes sense yeah. like i think it's so it's so lovely to have open minded conversations with people in ways that you know really gets people to listen in a way that they've never listened before you're not listening mm-hmm. to answer back you're not listening to debate you're listening to hear learn process challenge accept yeah. all these sorts of things yeah i think that's really important and i think sometimes the tricky thing with some people who are struggling with their well-being it, they, it, it can become quite insular and yeah. it can become like you know I can't no one understands me yeah. and I think that's the point where you know we have to stop trying to beat around the bush and like scratch beneath the surface and we're like okay how are you like yeah. what's been going on like what what what's been really making you yeah. angry like come on let, let off some steam yeah. like because yeah. sometimes like, I would have had really thoughts that I think I disagree with now but I had to let off that steam for me yeah. to be over it yeah i agree yeah i completely agree i think i think the more we try and like tiptoe around the issues the less you're going to be able to really have an impact on trying to confront those issues as like things that need to be confronted exactly and and i'm all for having like i think there's a time and a place to have a blunt conversation but i think there's always a time and a space to have an honest conversation and if you can't have honest conversation something is broken yeah honestly i I think that's what a big issue is if you feel like you can't be honest you can't be plain you can't be clear about how you feel about your experiences about what is what is real to you then something is broken and it needs to you need to find a way to to fix it to cope to to make that environment yeah, because you know, one experience that really got me down at this university was in second year where I had to work night shifts to survive as a student in wow. a city, yeah. this bit, uh, this you know, high housing crisis, high, high rent, and then seeing everyone around me have the kind of disposable income from whatever source, whether it's parents or what, whatever kind of savings, yeah. I just was like, I was a bit resentful. Yeah. And I don't like that because, you know, everyone has their own stories and their own kind of, like, history. But I was like, you know what? Just because my parents don't have enough money to give me mm. doesn't mean that I should have to have sleepless nights and trying to do my degree as well. Yeah, I, I, like, these kind of things really, really, like, hurt my heart because mm. I, I genuinely don't think anybody signs up to come to university to have to work night shifts, to have no life or social life. I When you think about university and coming to university, 
it's, it's literally like the world's your oyster. You think mm-hmm. that it's going to be a time where you can go and like try out new things, meet new friends, go and do all of these things that you've never had the opportunity to do. And when it comes to the point where like just even being able to live, it, like pay rent, eat, mm-hmm. dress yourself, shower, all those sorts of things, when that is when that is something that you're having to try and like survive for, then I think there's yeah. there's something wrong. Like the fact the fact that some of the rent prices in this city in this university are so high. Like I remember coming here and seeing the rent, and and genuinely I was like I might as well still be living in London, mm-hmm. genuinely yeah, because it, the prices I never imagined the student life to involve paying such high prices just to live. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's astonishing, and at the same time, I think I feel like so there's that, but then there's also a part that makes my heart hurt where you know people come to university not to be not to first first of all like be left alone to sort of like figure everything out, but second of all they they come to they sorry they don't come to university to have to like run straight into being an adult. That's not what university is for. University should be a transition period that enables people to go on and pursue whatever they feel like they want to pursue. And when when there comes a point where, you know, your whole university experience is you having to, to grow up so much faster than you ever imagined to and do all of the things that you never imagined would have to be on your back, I, I, I don't think that's a good university experience and I don't think any student should have an experience like that. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, university is about thriving, not surviving. Yeah. And yeah. even many adults aren't doing like night shifts in bars and trying to learn how to do a degree. Yeah. And trying to do that on their own as well, you yeah. know. Whether whether it's eight contact hours or whether it's twenty, you shouldn't really be having to spend all that time on your own trying to survive yeah. financially. It's not but I mean that goes beyond the university to yeah. an economic situation, but there are certainly spaces and kind of campaigns that could be had within the university and maybe staff to say like, oh look, like what's your situation? Like if anyone hints that they're working part time, mm-hmm. there should be efforts made by the university to say like, we want to know what your situation is yeah. like because n- so often it's not spoke about these students who are juggling jobs mm-hmm. and doing a degree. Some people are doing part-time jobs just for the fun of it, love working cafes, but others that ra- would rather be doing, you know, sports societies yeah. and rather be going swimming or socialising, going for food, and they're just not being able to do that. So I agree. I, I think, and, and I think that's, that's a big problem that comes out of that is the fact that there is support available for students that need it. It's just, I, I think a lot of the time, it's just not as forthcoming as students would need it to be. So I, I we find that like lots of students have to seek out that support, especially when they're in the worst of situations, rather than them just knowing that support exists. And so whenever they need it, or whenever they feel like they need it, they can reach out to it, if that yeah. makes sense. I didn't know there was support available until it got to the extreme where I had to go and see yeah. someone about some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I did. I wish I didn't have to reach that extreme yeah. to find out that support was available. Yeah. I wish, I wish there was just some kind of way that the information could be just there yeah. at my phone. Like when I'm yeah. on my phone waiting, like this support is available for you because yeah. they do. They, I'm sure they receive enough information to yeah. kind of make these kind of judgments. But when the university population gets bigger analyzing all that data gets more challenging it, it does and i know the university is actively trying to do things to make it more cohesive and easier to find support but and um, i definitely think it's something that 
needs to be worked on more and and made in a way that is so streamlined that students can find it really really easy to mm. get the support they need yeah, like a route planner to each situation yeah. like if you're worried about finance we'll take you to all the, these areas yes um like and then it kind of diverges off that why are you worried about finance is it because you're overspending and you need some kind of coaching yeah. or is it just because you literally are having the cheapest sainsbury's basic meals and still not being able yeah. to survive because then it should be like bursary support yeah but yeah these kind of things definitely need to be thought about when it in terms of well-being i agree but hillary one more question that i think is really important so when you finished your social policy degree mm -hmm. graduated we had you already did you already know you had your su position though yeah so i i ran for my su position right at the start of exam mm -hmm. period so yeah. it was like the middle of God, March. how was that it was the most intense experience of my life i've never had anything like that before i've never done anything like that before it was genuinely such uh, an intense experience in a way that i was speaking to so many students i was up like early in the morning went home late at night i was knocking on doors just doing everything um and it was nice to know that i had one but it, it took it took a big toll on like my mental health yeah. for a bit um and then so i knew i had the job and then there was this weird period where it's like oh go and finish your university degree and do whatever you need to do and then I did my final exam, had a week of like attending awards and being an honorary sabbatical officer. And then like the following week, it, it had begun. And mm -hmm. ever since I've been here. Wow, you have not stopped. <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> well, that's, you know, the way you describe it is that, you know, you worked really hard for it and that's mm. really applaudable. But I guess that's not, not everyone is capable of, you know, that intensity and I think... I think it's not to say that they people can't achieve the, the kind of heights that you are, but everyone has their different kind of timelines, I guess. You know, mm -hmm. they might want to break after uni, they might want a gap year, they might want to, you know, sit and figure things out. Mm -hmm. How? What would you give as an advice to a student who is in that third year and they're still working out what's going on in terms of c careers? Um, I would say do what you feel is right for you and i know it's a really difficult thing to say because not everybody has the means to mm -hmm. do what you think is right for you but for me i decided to take the sacrifice of like putting so much effort into campaigning to get this role because i really felt like this was the place for me and i was really passionate about going for this role um, and if you feel like at the end of university you need to take a year out and if in that year out you work or you just rest or you travel or you do whatever's right for you, then you do that. If you feel like you want to go into work, you do what you feel is best for you. But 100% what I always say to people whenever I meet them, go for what you're passionate about. Don't go for something that's a means to an end. Don't go for something because it's sexy or cool. If you're passionate about something, you're going to enjoy doing it. And when you enjoy doing something, you're more successful in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So definitely do what you feel is right for you and do what you're passionate about. Mm, that's that's such good <laughs> advice, Hilary. Thank you for coming on the show Thank today. You You've given me, me some good wisdom to take on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>